0: greatest commandment Yeah, I had a friend ask me what the greatest commandment was one day. It prompted a good discussion as we recalled scripture. You know, Jesus was asked the same thing. What is the greatest commandment? Let's look at what he says in the book of Matthew. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. All the law and the prophets, my friends, That's a pretty hefty range. If we were to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and just love one another as ourselves, we would automatically find ourselves fulfilling the rest of the law. Interesting. You know, some of us do a great job at identifying who God is, yet that's all we do. It stops there. There's no obedience. No forgiveness, no gentleness, no love. I want to read this scripture for anyone who may feel convicted because even the bible acknowledges these types of people. It's not enough just to know who the savior is and here's why. In the book of Matthew, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Lawlessness. You know, that's not a word that some of us would readily associate with ourselves. Usually, we may think of some conniving villain, perhaps with a crick in his back and a mysterious eye patch, while donning a devious grin in the dead of night. Too much imagination there. Yeah, I know. But the point is, lawlessness may be difficult for some of us to reconcile with our inflated view of ourselves. It's just how the flesh works, or rather the way pride works. But did you know that the Bible says that whoever practices sin makes a practice of lawlessness? I can prove it to you. In the book of First John, it says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he has been born of God. Whoo, Nelly, I do not want to be on the wrong side of that scripture, am I right? the truth be told we all have before so what does that mean we must rely upon the blood of Jesus Christ to wash us clean of our sins and then make a solemn commitment to never sin again so many eyebrows must be raising in the house right now you heard me right we must trust the one-time sacrifice made by God himself when he took the form of sinful flesh and died for our sins, not his, God is sinless, and then make a solemn commitment to walk away from sin with the help of the Holy Spirit forever. You see, we often do that first part, but not always the second part. This is why I believe so many people might someday say, Lord, Lord, as mentioned in the earlier scripture, and yet Jesus will still look at them and say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Tough cookies, right? Well, get with it, because Christianity is tough business. As a matter of fact, I distinctly remember an earlier message that was titled, Christianity ain't for punks. Walking as a true follower of God does not include courting sin as one would a long-distance relationship. It doesn't come and go as some might imagine. Now, I'm not saying that God's grace isn't sufficient for those who may have stumbled in sin since believing in Christ. But what I am saying is that the Bible says that if we make a practice of sin, then we are not children of God. It says a child of God cannot sin. Almost in the same way, an ant cannot lift a 50-ton boulder. It's physically impossible. Let's read the scripture again. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you, He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he... Has been born of God. I'm going to be the annoying preacher and read that very last verse one last time. Why don't we all say it together? Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin. Because he has been born of God. So I'm not the one to argue with, church. Not that I think you all want to. I'm just saying that the Bible tells us so. It's not enough to just believe in God. The Bible says that even demons believe in God, and they tremble. We must instead choose to love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, and then love our neighbor as ourselves. In this hang all the law and the prophets. There's freedom in that lifestyle, believe it or not. For now, the flesh may want to remind us of all the so-called fun we can't have while following Jesus. But that fun that the devil tries so hard to make appealing is only a trap, a trick, a masquerade. It's an open door to destruction. Choose eternal life today. God's commandments protect us, uplift us, and fulfill us more than the world ever could. More than success, friends, relationships, and all kinds of pleasures. God's goodness fills the void in our lives perfectly because he is eternal.